Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. This week's Fiber for Breakfast brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Wesco. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our fifth episode of 2023, and welcome to February. Uh, before we kick off, I'd like to thank Wesco, the platinum sponsor of Fiber for Breakfast, and our gold sponsors, Nokia and Vetro. You know, we couldn't do this wonder- without your wonderful support, so thank you guys for your support. Tomorrow, the Senate Commerce Committee will have their first executive session of the year. You know, we're still waiting to hear uh, how the committee is going to be organized, but we expect to see announcements on subcommittees sometime today. Yesterday, the House Energy and Commerce Committee held their organizing meeting, and Chair McMorris Rogers' introductory remarks touched on the committee's long history of bipartisanship. This makes the Fiber Broadband Association very optimistic that we'll see bipartisan proposals coming out of the committee this year, especially in the critical areas of permitting. Last week, the FCC announced best practices for bulk challenges to the FCC broadband data map fabric. Challenges to the fabric need to be submitted by March 15th to be included in in Fabric 3, which will be released on June 30th. You can find more information on the FCC's website. Uh, Before we get started, I'd also like to remind everybody that our first regional Fiber Connect workshop is next week. It's going to be held in Raleigh, North Carolina on Tuesday, February 7th. The event is completely sold out, uh, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So if you didn't get in this event, I suggest you register today for our next Fiber um, Connect workshop, which will be held in Oklahoma City on April 6th. Oklahoma City is going to be very special because we're going to be focusing on tribal broadband. That brings us to today's Fiber for Breakfast session with Jody Kraft, the president of Live Oak Fiber. Jody's going to share with us his team's experience insights on building the internet the way it should be. Last week on Fiber for Breakfast, we heard from my good friend and mentor, Joe Costello, the CEO of uh, QuickFit Internet. That was a really fun session on fiber to the trailer park. Who knew the aggregate population of trailer parks if that was the state, it would be the third largest state behind California and Texas and ahead of Florida. You know, trailer parks are an important market segment that needs to be connected to close the digital divide. That brings us to today's Fire for Breakfast session with Jody Kraft, the president of Live Oak Fiber. Jody's going to share with us his and his team's experience and insight on building the internet the way it should be. With nearly three decades of communications experience from the boardroom to the backhoe, Jody brings unique abilities, insights, and energy to Live Oak Fiber as its president. A U.S. Air Force veteran, he has led teams in all aspects of the telecommunications industry, including product and technology strategy, network operations, complex product management, and general management. Jody's industry accomplishments include leading the development and build and operations of the industry's first wholesale and retail MPLS service platforms, and overseeing the engineering and network operation functions for one of the original six national internet backbones. In 2015, Jody co-founded a telecommunications consultancy 
Ronin Technologies Advisories, Advisors, which help more than 10 fiber the X service provider owners and executives develop and execute successful business plans. Before joining Live Oak Fiber um, leadership team in 2022, Jody served as the CTO of Ritter Communications and head of operations at Budget Prepay and executive vice president of global IP development at Deutsches Telekom. So welcome Jody and for audience, please type in your questions as we go and we'll hit those in the Q&A session at the end. So let's get things started and I'll turn it over to Jody. Gary, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to be here and uh, it, never gonna miss an opportunity to talk Talk about Live Oak or, or, or fiber to the to the prim broadband. So, what what a great pleasure it is to be here. So, want to tell you a little bit about Live Oak today. Uh, we uh, are a, are a startup uh, broadband provider in Florida and Georgia. Uh, we 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 formed the company in July. Uh, we're backed by a, uh, an infrastructure fund, uh, Infrared Capital Partners. Uh, and, uh, you know, a great team has been formed to, to really address the needs in these uh, rural Florida and, and Georgia markets. And uh, it, we're off to a, a raging start. Right. So our, our markets are, are the Emerald Coast uh, of Florida, which is uh, we're starting in Okaloosa County, which is Destin, Fort Walton Beach, uh, Niceville, Crestview. It's a high growth area in, in the Panhandle uh, and then also in the Golden Isles of Georgia. Uh, which is uh, we're starting in Glen County, uh, which which com comprises Brunswick, uh, St. Simon Island, Sea Island and, and Jekyll Island. Uh, and we're moving into Camden County, which was the primary town there is, is Kingsland. So uh, a big part of southeast Georgia. In general, we we believe that, you know, small town America has been underserved. So we're trying to bring affordable connectivity to these areas. Uh, these areas were really impacted during the pandemic and it became obvious to everyone that the, the digital infrastructure in these areas weren't up to, up to uh, speed to be able to support remote learning and, and the applications that are needed at homes uh, during situations like this. So uh, it really uh, uh, drew us to these areas uh, to build and, and address these market needs and the acceptance by these communities has been, you know, absolutely wonderful. So, you know, how we're going to differentiate ourselves in the market, Gary, we feel is, is threefold. First of all, it's all greenfield, what we're building. It's, it's, uh, we don't have legacy infrastructures that we have to uh, retrofit. We don't have to, you know, uh, compromise their service offering by, by, by last generation technologies. We're, we're deploying the latest technologies. We're going to be offering 10 gigabits per second to all the homes and, and businesses in these regions. Uh, secondly, we're focused on the in-home experience. We're, we're in a, a device-laden world now. Our, our refrigerators are talking, our cameras are talking at our front doors, uh, our televisions are all connected uh, devices, uh, as well as our you know personal uh, devices like our watches and things. So we feel like not only by bringing fiber to uh, the premises uh, at a very high rate of speed, but giving a customer an exceptional uh, Wi-Fi experience internally, uh, with the great controls needed by many families uh, is, is a massive differentiator for us. Uh, and then the third thing that we're really focused on is, is local service. And I, I think that's a differentiator for companies like us. We, uh, all of our technicians are on staff. Uh, all of our support representatives are local. Uh, the experience uh, that our customers are going to receive is, is a local uh you know, resource to address their needs and be responsive in their market instead of at some, you know, remote facility as a large provider would have to do. Uh, 
uh, and, and we're a company that's built on, you know, a why statement of we're here to improve the quality of life of the communities we serve. Um, so, so that is our main focus and, and we're values driven company. Uh, our favorite saying is profitability is the reward for a job well done. And that's how the entire company is, is approaching our, our service mission and our customer support mission is we want to do the best job that we absolutely can for our customers and we know success will follow. So I want to tell you a little bit about how we got here, the journey. We, uh, it, by forming in July, uh, we were a complete startup. I believe we're the largest uh, broadband startup uh, in the U.S. right now. Uh, we, we were safe, which is terrifying uh, if you think about it. But uh, we were uh, three great friends who have worked together the last 20 years. Uh, we had a great consulting firm at Ronin. Uh, where we got to, you know, really understand the landscape very well. Uh, prior to that, we were at Ritter, uh, where we were, you know, quite successful in building out Ritter's infrastructure. Uh, Ritter continues on to those successes today. Uh, and we uh, felt like in the market, uh, the current offerings uh, were not at the best way to say it is I felt like the current offerings weren't pushing exactly what the technology can do 10 gig is possible today why not do 10 gig services we feel like the customer experience is lacking in many areas for these rural communities they as I mentioned it's it's usually a remote call center it's usually a remote resource that has to support them I know in our markets in Florida and Georgia uh, they suffer multi-day outages, uh, you know, with their current providers as the providers cannot be completely responsive to getting to those smaller markets and supporting them. Uh, and I also felt like that uh, the, the current offerings that were available from the incumbents weren't very clear for our customers. They they had, uh, you know, set up charges. They have uh, a monthly recurring charge and there's, you know, many fees that were accomplished around that uh, on top of that. So it kept the consumer actually kind of guessing around, you know, what they were paying fully each month uh, for the broadband. So we really wanted to tackle it a different way. Uh, first of all, we wanted to be rural. Uh, you hear my accent, I, I, I'm, I'm born in, the, in rural areas in the South and uh, we have a real heart for the South. So in the Southeast, these markets that we're focused on, we, we wanna address this digital divide in these rural markets. Uh, and the areas that we're planning to expand in is not, you know, Miami, it, it's not Charlotte, it's going to be uh, tertiary markets, much like what we're focused on today, where we can make an impact. You know, the, the team and I were part of the, building one of the first uh, or supporting one of the first telehealth networks in Arkansas in the country. And we got to see, you know, firsthand the difference that makes uh, for these rural communities because things like healthcare. Access is one of the greatest challenges in these regional communities to get, you know, specialized doctors and specialized health care uh, in a town of 50,000 uh, is very, very difficult. But these telehealth applications that we can enable with this infrastructure brings that quality of care from these major cities into these tertiary markets. Um, the same goes for learning opportunities. Uh, the same goes for, you know, entertainment, which, you know, is there is a value placed on it, evidently. So, you know, the entertainment value of a great connection is, is also important to us. Uh, so our offering is very clean. Our pricing has no hidden fees. Uh, we give you the absolute latest technology speeds that are available. Uh, and we'll continue that promise as we move forward. That's what a fiber infrastructure allows us to do is, is grow and evolve uh, with the, the, the main expense of the plant being 
already paid for, and then we're you know upgrading optics on top of that as as this evolution continues. Uh, and and the team that we've assembled is is exceptional. We I, I have this thing. I'm trying to bring in world class um, management that's experienced in international and national telecom operators and hiring local uh, leaders uh, that we can train uh, that have a con commitment to the communities that born and raised in the communities that are members of the community that we can then cater our services to our exact communities that we're serving and not just a generic type offering that, that you would see from everyone else. So let's talk a bit about these communities and how we're impacting them. Uh, we, you know, we're going to start off in these two areas in Florida and Georgia, as I pointed out if, for this map for everyone to see, Glenn County is right above Jacksonville, Florida. It's about an hour drive from, from Jacksonville. Uh, and, and that's where we began construction this week, actually, on Monday. Um, we have two crews right now going wide open uh, in Glenn County. Uh, and then in Okaloosa County, we, we began construction last November. Uh, and, and we are very active in Okaloosa County uh, in the Shalimar area today. Uh, and we're expanding to Crestview and Blue Water Bay here in the next month. But uh, we have 15 crews scaling to 30 crews there. So very, very rapid deployments uh, and, and warm reception from those communities. World-class communities, they both have over, you know, they have millions of visitors in the summer to their beaches. They have great local residents with, with a great cross-section of, of, of every kind of income level, every kind of customer type. So we're able to address everything across the digital divide for these communities. And we're making a $150 million capital commitment to build these out. Uh, so our partners given us this allocation to do this, and it's, it's, it's going very well. And we hope to actually finish these build outs by early next year. Time is now. Why, why do it? It's, it's, it's clearly the time to build out broadband, all the indicators from the government, which we're not, uh, our business plan does not rely on bead. Uh, but the demand is in the market right now for, for high quality broadband in these tertiary markets where maybe the incumbents have, uh, you know, not used their, their maintenance dollars to, to the best benefit of the customer. So we're located in these, in these markets. So we're not in Jacksonville serving, serving Brunswick. We're actually headquartered in Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, wonderful town. It's county seat for uh, for Glen County. Uh, we also have an office in Niceville, uh, Florida, which is in Okaloosa County uh, that we've staffed. We now have 45 employees uh, at these locations. We, we've added in the last three months, so the growth's been fantastic uh, for the company. And then, you know, we're going to bring 100 additional jobs over the next couple of years uh, to these markets uh, as well. And, you know, being someone who grew up in, in, in the country, uh, you know, I, the military basically got me out and began my, my education path, but we want to give these career opportunities to these communities. We want, we want a, a legacy telephone company like ourselves or a broadband company like ourselves to be able to create careers, create new jobs that are life jobs, that are lifetime careers uh, in these markets. And, and uh, therefore we're offering, you know, very competitive salaries. We're offering training programs, uh, and the recruiting efforts just been outstanding. We're going to continue to hire for you know all of our installation, engineering, and central functions moving forward for the next year. Also, we're excited about 
the the nutrition labels that are coming out that are that the FCC is requiring moving down. You know, we feel like this is great for a fiber fiber, fiber broadband provider. Uh, we couldn't ask for a better gift, right? Where we have to be honest about the quality of our service, the pricing of our service, uh, and setting expectations with the customer. You know, the technologies that we're relying on in our partner Calix, we we feel like we can you know absolutely meet whatever nutrition label we put out there, and we're happy that. I expect our nutrition label to be one of the smallest ones that are there. Our pricing is flat rate. You get everything in that pricing. Uh, and our speeds that we offer, we absolutely stand behind what the customer can access. I don't have concerns for, you know, massive oversubscription of nodes and things like this. So we're excited to move ahead with these broadband labels and kind of help demystify, you know, the market for the consumer that's looking for broadband answers and, and couldn't ask for a better thing than this. So we're so excited to begin to adopt this program. That's it. That's live. Uh, Jody, this is great stuff. Um, tell me, you know, it's, you guys are just like brand new. I mean, July was yesterday, and yes. uh, you're already up and rolling on in two big areas. So tell me about your model. I mean, it seems kind of okay. really pick some challenging locations, right? Because you're yeah. picking areas that are incredibly rural, yet they have a coastal frontage, which is you know right. high rise and all that. So how did is that your model, or how do you pick your locations? And, we really picked our locations on the areas of greatest needs in the in the southeast. Uh, we were looking at you know where a lot of construction programs from other providers are being done. We obviously don't want to build fiber where people are building fiber. Uh, we we looked at where you know RDOF round uh, were won uh, by by up and coming providers so that we didn't have overlap for that. So we could address areas of great need. Uh, and the next thing was really uh, how. Uh, much the county was interested in upgrading uh, their digital infrastructure, how much support uh, we could get from them. I, we didn't ask for any financial support. We only asked for resolutions of support to say we'd like you here. Uh, but by doing so, it enables us to come in and work with them quickly to to put the infrastructure in place. You know, I, I can put as many construction crews together as I want, but if I, I can't get locates or if I can't uh, get permits in, in the local areas, uh, it's gonna make it very difficult for us to deploy capital and support you know, digital infrastructure upgrades in those areas. So we found two, you know, Okaloosa County has one of the most active chambers of commerce, active econ dev groups uh, we, we've come across uh, in the country really. And uh, they they needed this infrastructure and they really uh, you know welcomed us into that fold as well as Glen County, Glen County, uh, is great county that that also has high growth. You know, we've seen six uh, percent growth in, in population growth in Glen County in the last two years, and we've seen seventeen percent population growth in, in Crestview in the northern part of Oklosa. So, these growing communities uh, needed this adequate broadband. So that's really what attracted us to these areas to begin. Uh, the areas we're going to expand into will continue to be rural. I don't always know if they'll be coastal. It just happened <laughs> that uh, we ended up this way, and we're very happy about it. I'm 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 a new resident of St. Simon Island in Georgia, and it's a beautiful place. So uh, we're thrilled about that. But uh, we really want to address the rural needs. So uh, you might not be able to see water uh, from our future markets, but you'll see plenty of trees. Well, you did pick two of the most beautiful places in the country to start your builds, uh, and so then right. you know. That kind of leads into, you know, one of the questions that came in is that do you, to what extent do you really consider the local governments willing to minimize red tape in selecting markets? It sounded like that's really important to you. 
It, it's huge. It's huge. Well, it, it, absolutely. It's always a large role for anybody trying to do a fiber project that they have local support from the local government and everyone. But, you know, given the size of our, our capital allotment, I, I have to really uh, expand capital quickly uh, to meet my business plan. So, you know, it, it's like Brewster's Millions at times. We joke it's $150 million is very hard to spend uh, on fiber uh, uh, quickly, uh, you know, because you need that that partnership. So it was critical for us to have have that right kind of support. But it's it's always a piece whether you're deploying a million in capital or 150 million in capital. If you don't have local partners to, to help you understand the process, to help communicate to you their needs very clearly. Uh, and, and plan with you, you're, you're always going to have kind of an uphill battle, uh, really deploying your capital effectively. So with all this federal, state, and local money out, you know, ARPA and CAA and um, BEAD and um, RUS and yeah. ARDOF, and I mean, there's just yeah. $130 billion. So why right. are you going to, why are you funding this all on your own? I mean, what what's the thought process here? Uh, well, I mean, if the markets support uh, overbuilding, uh, there, there shouldn't be a need for, for government support. I mean, we welcome the government support mechanism. I've done rural broadband for the last 12 years, and, and it's needed. Uh, there are very high cost areas to, to serve homes with very low density that these homes will never see uh, adequate broadband unless there's some kind of subsidy. So I think those programs are wonderful and I think they're going to be useful to these areas that can't be served. But the areas that we chose were financially viable for a business plan. If we were able to just penetrate an adequate amount of these markets, uh, uh, you know, we get a return. So so why, you know, leverage government dollars or tax dollars to do something that pays for itself? Let, let's use those dollars where they're actually needed to truly subsidize, you know, build costs. So, like, if I picture, like, Okaloosa Island or Destin mm -hmm. or any of these places, tons mm -hmm. of um, condos and yeah. uh, high-rise um, across along the beach. Um, right, are you right. pulling fiber to the building and then letting the tenant figure out how to get it to all the um, units in there? Or how, how are you getting that Wi-Fi experience to everybody? We're, we're trying to actually uh, we're, we're doing a, you know, a building fiber deployment where they, they, they get a Wi-Fi router in each of their units. Um, we're trying to partner with the condo owners and the HOAs to, to accomplish this. But, you know, the quality of our service goes all the way to the user. Uh, the experience of our service goes all the way to the user. So we definitely want to manage all the infrastructure all the way to to the to to the customer's you know location or the, or the business location in the high rise uh and and that's it we have a team of, of two that's dedicated to developing you know mbus as it is a large part of our market uh in so florida you're pulling fiber yeah. up the riser then or yes yes okay. yeah we're possible you know older buildings you have challenges there so there, there's quite a few fiber products now, you know, aesthetically that work very well on high rises. You know, thank God for the, the the large market deployments have driven this technology, right? So we're able to leverage this in the smaller markets now for these older buildings. But yeah, pull pull fiber in the riser, or pull fiber outside the building in a you know some kind of aesthetically pleasing way, uh, where you can then bring it in the building uh, and serve the tenants. A number of questions on how you raised um, money. So basically, that was just on the um, your experience of your management team. Yeah, is uh, yeah a, a number of things. You know, uh, first of all, it was the experience of the management team. Uh, we uh, we actually didn't originally pursue this uh, with IRCP uh, as a business plan, more as a, a consulting partner to IRCP, uh, and and we. 
understood kind of the investment thesis, the desires uh, of the fund of, of what they wanted to make investments for here in the U.S. And, and we were able to, to match a business plan with their with their investment desires uh, as far as it being greenfield, it being markets that are actually underserved, that that competition could be welcomed in, things like this. Uh, and, and so we were able to, you know, identify the right kind of markets, uh, put together a, a you know, very comprehensive business plan that, that could pass you know, heavy due diligence, let's be honest. Uh, and, and then the, the other was the strength of the management team that, that IRCP could have confidence. We, we've done large projects, we've built these fiber projects and we could demonstrate those successes to them. Uh, so that they have confidence to put this kind of backing to us. That, that's exactly right. And with $150 million, the questions come in is, how many homes do you expect to pass with that level of budget? Right. Uh, well, if the price goes up of construction, uh, the, the count goes down, but we're targeting 80 to 100,000 passings uh, in this first capital allotment. Okay. And then you'll see follow-on investment after that. that yeah, you guys absolutely. absolutely. So you're just going to keep running and, and um, raising money as you... And so what... Um, as to be able to start servicing, well, so this is all equity, right? You're not taking on any right. debt, or no, not okay. right, not yet. I mean, if the debt market obviously uh, improves and uh, there's opportunity for us to do that, then yeah, we want to leverage debt when it's when it's feasible. Uh, but but right now we're we're really trying to establish that we're we're a team capable of uh, efficiently deploying capital quickly. Uh, you know, uh, we we can do 10 million a month, and, and construction is really what we're we're targeting right now to exit this quarter. Uh, and and we want to show that basically, you know, we're, we're if it's a marathon, we're we're a marathon runner that keeps the right kind of pace uh, for the investor, and, and and they see the right kind of results at the finish line. That that's really what we're focused on and demonstrating with this first 150. Now, are you? Um, I mean, it, the the area is very diverse, as we talked about. So. Because once you get off the beach, it gets to be very rural very quick, and right, there's a lot of right, right. and the density goes way down. And you're offering right. 10 gig pond, XGS pond. Right. So what um, is there a density model or a cost per home passed, or how do you determine like once you hit the kind of high density areas, or is mm -hmm. that what you're doing? You start with high density and moving out, or are you kind of hitting a mix of everything and no, we're actually hitting a mix. Uh, when when we, I mean, we're really, you know, working with an open hand with these counties. When we came in, the, the concerns of the counties was we would gravitate to the tourist areas and not address the, the people who lived in these counties, right, who were, who were commuting into the resort areas, the high density areas. They lived in, in rural areas, you know, personally. And so we actually started in Shalimar, which has, uh, I think, one hotel, uh, and uh, it, it has a number of, you know, uh, military retirees and, 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 and service workers uh, in the community in Shalimar. Uh, and then we're moving to, you know, uh, Crestview, which is, again, a very, very rural area of, of Lusa County. So we're trying to address those needs there because the business plan as a whole for the county uh, gives us the results that we want, but we're trying to do high density as well as rural at the same time as we're feathering these in so that we're addressing the population. Uh, just because you live in a more, more rural area doesn't necessarily mean you don't deserve great broadband. Uh, and, and if the area is dense enough to provide an adequate return, we can offset that with a much richer return we're seeing in the, ditcher, in the denser areas. So we're able to serve the community as a whole. 
I think where we would get in trouble is if we only served one part, uh, then, then we couldn't offset and really cover the digital divide. And you mentioned like in Okaloosa County, they have a very active chamber. Um, they do. You must be having a very positive impact on real estate value as you're lighting up um, residents and buildings and so forth. Is are they seeing we, that impact? Yeah, I mean, they 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 feel it, and you know, this is a great question uh, actually that you're bringing up, Gary, or a great point. Uh, we talk about this a lot. It's uh, we're not seeing like the National Associated Realtors or anything apply. Like, what is the added value of having having quality broadband? We we wish we could get great numbers, but anecdotally, the developers in these areas uh, are reaching out to us as fast as they can. They they, they know they need uh, adequate broadband in their developments. And, and you know, in, in, in Blue Water Bay, uh, which is where we're building next in Florida, uh, there's 52 HOAs, uh, but the HOAs have been more than welcoming uh, for us, uh, us to come into to these things. So yes, there's a perceived value, obviously, and as a, as a recent home buyer again uh uh i needed adequate broadband unfortunately i'm gonna have to build it where i'm, I'm going to move to but if it wasn't uh, me building it I'd, I'd look for that so yeah there there's an intrinsic value it's just uh, no one's been able to communicate anything percentage wise i could i could communicate well i'm sure they will because everybody wants yeah. to live at the beach work from home at the beach exactly. so exactly. Well, jody there's a million questions in here so hopefully you can um we'll provide those questions to you and you can get back to people yes. offline but yes, um, happy yeah, to do that. congratulations. Also, really appreciate you as a veteran that you're serving veterans here Thanks. and their communities have broadband. So Absolutely. that's really important as well. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, we just really appreciate um, your insights and congratulations on your success so far. And we hope that you light up all these rural areas, especially those Great. where I'm going to be visiting soon. Wonderful. But, yep. Come on over. Thank you so all much. Right. Well, I want, um, so thanks everybody for joining us today. I want, I'm, I'm going to look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. We're going to be discussing scaling the broadband workforce development for BEAD and beyond with FBA board member Mark Foxer of OFS and the Fiber Broadband Association's Vice President of Research and Workforce Development, Deb Kish, as they discuss the our optic path course and certification, as well as our um, workforce development plans and how, you know, these are going to be able to help you meet uh, the challenges ahead of us so please join us next week for workforce development and hope you guys have the, a great february